i nga maunga whakahio te motu, tēnā rā tātou katoa. Ko James Beck tēnei, I'm James Beck. He uri tēnei nō tawhiti, engari, e tupuaki yau mā raro o ka kohatu whakarekareko a tamatia pōkai whenua. My ancestors, they came from all over the place, but I grew up in Ōtotahi Christchurch. I'm a speaker, a youth worker, a pastor, and for fun, I like to go to second-hand CD stores and try and find classic albums in the bargain bin. I don't usually buy them, I just feel really proud of myself for being so good at finding them. But more than anything, I love the people and the whenua of Aotearoa. Now you don't know it yet, but you and me, we're about to embark on a wild journey together that will open and blow your mind. You see, I've been a Christian ever since I had a run-in with Jesus when I was 19. But recently, I've realized that there are a lot of us looking at the health of our planet, the happiness of us as a people who live here in Aotearoa, and it turns out that there are a bunch of us who have got some pretty big questions, and we want answers. You know, questions about what our faith and what the Bible might have to say about the way that we live and the way that we care for creation. Questions about how we can reconnect deeper with the world around us and with each other. Questions about why the church seems so useless when it comes to caring for God's creation. And questions about how Māori and Pākehā can learn from each other and grow together. So one day, I woke up and I decided to do something crazy. I would find some people that I've never met who have similar questions and I would invite them to come to Christchurch for a weekend to head off the grid to a secluded hut on Banks Peninsula hidden in the middle of beautiful native bush surrounded by birds so we could fully immerse ourselves in creation and then ask these big questions and explore the many connections. So if you can, I'd love you to come along on this crazy, beautiful journey with us, as over the next six episodes we explore the Ngahere, the many connections that exist between creation, the Bible, and living in Aotearoa. So no my hide in my let's jump in my walker and by walker I mean my slightly rundown people mover and let's go meet these strangers who I hope are about to become some very good friends. This is the beginning of the journey. So first up, it's 8am and I have to pick up our first stranger who arrived last night and is staying at a friend's flat in Sumner. It's uh first Heading out to Sumner to pick up whale water. Uh, put my seatbelt on it. Whew. I'd been told by heaps of people how amazing whale water is, and that she was the perfect wahine for this weekend's conversation. Her and I are about the same age, and we have a bunch of the same questions, and we are both looking for answers. 
Waiora is studying both theology at St. John's Theological College and Māori at Te Whariwānanga o Aotearoa in Tamaki Makoto, and she's never actually been to Christchurch. Waiora has Ngāti Haka, Ngāti Hine and Waitaha Tapuika Whakapapa, and it turns out that while we have a bunch of similar questions, we come at them from really different perspectives. Alrighty, just pulled into Sumner, about to uh, meet Wilder for the first time. We've uh, we've talked on the phone, sent a few messages and stuff, but we've actually never met before. And we're about to hang out for a day and uh, have this cordial about creation and the Bible and growing up in Aotearoa and all sorts of different things. So. I'm not that good at first impressions. Hopefully I don't stuff this up. Man, her house is just around here somewhere. Ooh, I'm a bit nervous, actually. I found the place where she was staying. The destination is on your left, Avenue. Got a park. Tata out. Went past some weekend joggers wearing unnecessarily tight pants. I met a friendly local cat. Hey, how are you? I named him Biscuits. I don't really know why. I knocked on the front door, but no one was answering. So I snuck around for a bit, tapped on the windows. Kangaro here. I don't know where she is. I was getting a bit nervous. I was pretty sure I was in the right place, but then finally someone let me in. And as it turns out, my old friend Tama lives in the flat. He was still in bed. Classic Tama. Oi, Tama. Tama. What are you up to, bro? Ah, uh, how's the scroll going? Oh, it's a it's a quality scroll, bro. A <laughs> quality scroll. <laughs> yeah, man. Just you know, being an absolute millennial, starting off my Saturday with a quality scroll. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon makes a, a scroll quality, bro? Oh, when the algorithms really figured out, you know, just what you want on a Saturday morning for a quality scroll. Yeah, I mean, if you're complaining, um, it's an algorithm, so that's on you. Yeah, that's true. Got to take some responsibility. Yeah. For your actions. Yeah. Bro, this fuddy's mean as. It is pretty mean. A little garden down there, a little hangout spot. It's so sick. Yep. You're just doing a potty. That's the plan, bro. Thanks for letting me stay here. It's alright, have fun in the hut. There's definitely a shower. <laughs> I had a shower this morning. Oh my god. It is very off the grid where we're going. How Springs far off the grid. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. nah. It, it just doesn't have much. I brought walking shoes. Yeah. Should yeah. I change? No, you don't need to yet. You're all good. Nice to see you. Bye. Bye. See everyone. Feel free to do whatever you want to the seat. Whatever I want. Whatever I want. Next, we had to drive to the other side of town to pick up our next stranger. Starting route to 175 Peterborough Street. Hey, Siri, text Andrew Shepard and tell him we are 10 minutes away. Your message to Andrew says we're 10 minutes away. Send. You got a man, Siri. <laughs> yeah, I do have a man, Siri. Do you have a lady, Siri? I've got a lady, Siri. I had a lady, Siri, for ages, and then I was just like, what would it be like to have a man, Siri? I didn't even think about that you could change her. So honestly, I do find her a little bit irritating. So nice to actually meet you. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, buzzy, eh? It's like, honestly, this is <laughs> this is not how you normally do these things. Mm. Like, I'm just hoping that I made a good first impression. It was like last year that I learned that when you um, hug someone and mm. do that kiss thing, that mm. you don't actually kiss their face. No, it's like a cheek-cheek, but you make the kissy face. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, cheek-cheek, and then you go... But honestly, for <laughs> like up until last year, like so you put cheek to cheek, and then I'd like turn my cheek towards them. Like, <laughs> I have kissed so many people, <laughs> and that must have been so weird. No one told me. That is so funny. You know, I heard the kiss noise, and I thought that's what you're meant to do. Yeah, honestly, that's a safe assumption. So yeah, I have kissed so many people in a horny line. The old nannies will love it. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> just kissing everyone. They're like, this guy is doing it. <laughs> Why did no one tell me? <laughs> oh, I think that's so funny. Somewhere there's like a conclave of old women who will talk about the fact that you kissed them all. <laughs> conclave. I was worried if Waiora and I would vibe, like we'd never actually met. But within a few minutes, we were getting on like old mates. One minute we were yarning about secularism. I think our culture, especially Western culture, mm or like um, Pākehā culture mm. has just by and large banned conversations about <laughs> spirituality yeah. and so it's like people don't even really know how to have them yeah to be fair that's like is my opinion but that's kind of true of Christians as well like yeah I've sat in so many groups with sort of late teens early 20s Christians mm. who try to have conversations about faith in the Bible but they don't they haven't really read the Bible yeah. And so they end up having these really weird conversations based on things they've been told about the Bible yeah. or things they've been told about God but not necessarily about. <sighs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is one of the beautiful beautiful what things about like Te Ao Māori mm. that I've experienced in all the, those spaces that I've sat in mm. is like it just never did that. Mm-hmm. You know, it never went. Spirituality Correct. goes over there. No. Like everything is interconnected. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. It's true, I can't even conceive of like why you would want to do that separation. And the next minute, we were yarning about Iggy Azalea. I don't want to get too deep into what Iggy Azalea means when she writes songs. That's all I want to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dirty whore. Oh my god. You already know. <laughs> in the fast lane. From Hawks Petrotoro. I always just fight over people with their rich vibes. <laughs> <laughs> fight over if someone does anything even slightly fancy. Oh, yeah, because it's like, oh, that's like, oh, rich guy. Someone gets like an egg on the side when we're having breakfast or something. Like, or like oh, oh fight fight all. <laughs> Ooh. all of us. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> I knew this guy when I was growing up and he mm. lived in uh, he lived in this area that wasn't, you know, wasn't particularly well off. Mm. But his family had a swimming pool. Oh, yeah. And so, like, people would walk past his house and just be like, Dan Watson, you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever anyone walked past, they'd be like, oh, you're rich got a pool you're rich and it's time to meet our second stranger dr andrew shepherd who's a lecturer at otago university in dunedin and he's done a heap of research and deep thinking on ecological theology and environmental ethics at least that's what the internet told me so he seems like he'll be the perfect brain for waiora and i to pick this weekend and i'm really excited to finally meet him Telling me this is going to be a more adventure-heavy day than I 
Joe's got a Kathmandu <laughs> tramping pack. Oh no, it's not. It's raw day actually. No, I'm I'm a mountaineer, so um, oh. that, that doesn't mean that we'll be doing mountaineering today. Well, we are we are going to walk we're up, walk up mountain, a mountain, but we're going to start from pretty much the top, which is cheating. Is it a hut? It is like a tiny house. It's not Redihua. <laughs> it is not a fatal But before we head to the hut, I wanted to take Waiora and Andrew to a very special place in the middle of Ototahi, where they could experience what the forests of Waitaha were like before they were cut down and turned into farms and shopping malls and secondhand CD stores. So the plan at the moment mm. is we'll drive to Putaringa Motu, so Rickard and Bush, and I thought we'd go in there and have a wee karakia to start our kaupapa off. It's a famous reserve called Putaringa Motu, or Dean's Bush. Where we're going, Putaringa Motu is really, it's crazy because it's the last piece of sort of like remnant bush of what the whole of Waitaha would have looked like. Ooh. And... It's also one of the first places where Pākehā settled in Canterbury. So there were these crew, this crew called the Deans, the Deans Brothers, mm-hmm. who came and established a farm there. And there's this like out of it story of them showing up and landing and having all these sheep and cows and stuff getting mm-hmm. off the boat at Rapaki, mm-hmm. and Māori being like, "What are they?" Like, just yeah. never seen them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so like marched them up and over the hill and sort of established this farm. And so those guys. And their farm protected this piece of bush. We pull up outside Dean's Bush. The place is surrounded by this huge predator-free fence. We push through the giant electronic gates. <laughs> and it's instantly like we've been transported back in time. Yeah, it's amazing that temperature change as soon as you walk in. Isn't it? That's beautiful, eh? Yeah. And immediately you get birds on as well. Yeah. You walk a walker? I run it's this little river regeneration project oh. on the Opawahu um, behind Te Kuro Huriawa, and I got to plant some matai last year, five of them. And it's that weird thing where you're planting something where you're like, if this lives, this is going to live for thousands of years. My great 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 grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. When you come to a place like this, this is ancient, this is how it was, this is how it's meant to be. Apart from the concrete path. <laughs> how do you feel? Do you feel like sad that so much of this is gone or hopeful that if we practice good stewardship we could actually return huge pieces of the fenua back to this or I don't know, what what do you feel when you see something like this? I mean, my first feeling is probably neither of those. My first feeling is probably just enjoyment. Hi. Hey. Kia ora. Hello. It's just, I don't know, just joy. It's just a wonder, probably, which is my first emotion. Just coming in and as we walk in, that immediate temperature change from silence to all of a sudden there's some bird life. My first sense is probably similar to like walking into a, a cathedral. If, if you're walking into a cathedral in Europe, you're walking into something that's old, ancient, has lots of life, lots, has lots of story, has lots of histories, has lots of people and faithfulness uh. that have been part of that and have contributed to it. And so here, you know, you're walking into, people talked about New Zealand forests and, you know, you're walking into a cathedral. And, I mean, this patch of bush here you know there's still some big trees so there's a sense in which you're in a living cathedral but also the sense in which you're caught up in a place of life yeah and a cathedral is a place of life and here that's both human life over obviously a long period of time but also 
the life of biodiversity. So you've got birds and the rest of it. So, I mean, I really like the idea of cathedrals, this idea of that giving worship and honour back to God. Yeah. We often think about that taking place in buildings. But if all of creation is involved in sort of this cosmic praise back to its creator, then you're standing here in a forest where all of a sudden you're coming into a place with life. There's, there's creatures that are singing their praises. Yeah. So that's my, my first sense, a sense of joy, wonder, and participation with others involved in, in giving their worship back to God. Te hoki te that, that's so beautiful. I have a similar initial sense, which is, I'm feeling it right now. There's something just sacred. Mm, mm. There's, there's something slower and mysterious and, and beautiful, you know, mm. that taps into something that the rest of my life doesn't. I think I instantly go, this is beautiful, and that's why then my next thing is is sadness, that this which is the way that things were, especially on these islands, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, has been so denuded. You know, we often think of ourselves as the only worshipping creatures, but actually if all creatures give their glory back to God, and then in Revelation you have this beautiful imagery of four living creatures and then everything created under heaven the sea creatures and all the rest of it all standing before the throne room and then you say oh well actually that's this imagery of the future but actually it's also an imagery of the present that we Mm. live in which is when we do what we're created to do then we give honour and praise and glory to our creator when we denude things and rob them of their life then they cease giving their praises in some ways this putaring imotu this is a, a picture of good stewardship to some extent in that yeah. these people came and settled here and instead of burning it down, clearing it, turning it into farmland for profit, they protected it. So now it is this beautiful cathedral that we can walk into. Can I have a touch them? Yeah. I got three. Oh, that was, that was beautiful, Amaru. Like when you walk in this type of bush, this really ancient old bush, mm. like what is it? I know I'm not sad. Okay, guys, I'm the only sad one. <laughs> I get it. Cheer up, James. Don't be emo about everything. My honest answer is the first thing I thought of was, like, it reinforced to me the industry of Māori people. And, like, it just made me be like, oh, yeah, Māori people are excellent. Good on us. You know, like, if this was, like, how we lived, and it makes, you know, everything that we think about and all the choices we make in our lives make more sense. Like, if this is what the land looked like. Of course, we lived how we lived and thought how we thought and built our stories how we built our stories. Because this is how the land looked, which is more confusing if you look out at, like, built-up places and be like, oh, why did you care so much about trees? And why was water so important? And... Why are all these stories have birds in them? And you come in here and you're like, oh, that's why. That was your whole world. So I think that's a cool reminder. Yeah, and as a result, you understand yourself literally in relation to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. The really interesting thing about that is the sort of reorientation that's happening where lots of aspects of Western culture aren't living up to their marketing. (laughs) You know, there are a bunch of people that are lonely and disconnected and anxious and depressed and distracted and, you know, all of those things. And a bunch of that is to do with a lack of being connected to to something larger. And one of the things that I've just heard you say is that you come in here and you're like, I feel connected Mm. and I don't just feel connected to this place, but I feel connected to my people. Mm. And that's a way that allows you to move through life with a sense of deep roots. (laughs) Is is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I love it.
So I'm the only sad guy. All right. <laughs> Why would I? I'm, I'm interceding by your comment there. Uh, you know, you say, I walk in here and I immediately go, oh, yeah, you know, of course it makes sense that, that all our stories about trees and birds because there are trees and <laughs> yes. birds. And then you realise that actually, but that's not just true of Tanga Tefenua, that's true of us as humans, that mm. our stories are always embedded in place. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, actually we live in large of us, numbers of us now live in a world where there's actually a disconnection from both place, just generally we don't live in place, we're, yeah. we're constantly shifting, we're transient. But even when we do live in places, those places to use James's word before are one sense of denuded. What is right? Denuded mean? Uh, How would you explain that? Was you are nude? You're naked. Uh, so you've been made nude. You've been made, yeah. So you're you've been, been stri- exposed, stri- stripped, beer, stripped, beer. denuded. We <laughs> cut ourselves off from this bigger way of living, yeah. And then we become, in what we would call in Western societies, we become atomized sort of individuals because our life is all of a sudden it's just oh, it's human living on concrete. Concrete. Mm. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, There's a good, good midnight of all song from years ago called Concrete, You Don't Free My Soul. Yeah. <laughs> Concrete, you don't free my soul. Louder, 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 Concrete, you don't free my soul. Three generations kind of got one of those songs that taps into the kind of angst and I think young people feel it first young people mm. and artists they feel yeah, it first yeah, yeah. I remember reading Charles R. Cross's biography of Kurt Cobain and there's this quote that I'll never forget which was Nirvana were the band that told America how sad its young people are Aww. you're back to that sad thing again <laughs> I'm sorry I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep doing that because for me because for me when I walk in here my first impulse is wow this is beautiful and then my second impulse is this is a tragedy. It's a tragedy that our framing stories and a lot of Western culture has prioritised wide-scale productivity over living in balance. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Western. There's something about us as humans. We have a tendency to be exploitative, to live beyond our means. Well, the Christian word at its base level is sin, right? Yeah. You spend a lot of time in the forest... Growing up. Going up. We're very yeah. bush river actually on both sides of my whakapapa. Yeah. We're not beachy at all. Right. Yeah, I love the bush. I love the smell of the bush. Right. It makes me happy. It calms me down. Yeah. <laughs> so I live fortunately like just at the bottom of our maunga and it's still pretty bushy. Okay. And then right next to our river. And what's the quality of that like? <laughs> It's um, <laughs> that, that, that laugh again, yeah. that's why the mapping. Nah, it's swimmable oh, still. Right. It's definitely lower and dirtier than it was when yeah. I was a kid. Kakatea, yeah. Kakatea, aye. Did you say they like moisture, swampy? Yeah. This is still not a real biggie. But Isn't it? Oh, that's pretty Well, tall. I mean, they can get bigger in terms of taller, but you see how they buttress out? Because often they're in kind of swampy soil, mm. they need to get down to hold themselves because there's not oh, yes, as much course. stability. There's a sad story. So kahikatea was um, used for... It doesn't have much smell to it. So when we started exporting dairy to, to the UK, way, way back, you know, back in the 1880s, we used to make butter boxes out of it. Oh, wow. So butter boxes were made out of kahikatea. 
lots of uh, lots of New Zealand forests as well being moved to San Francisco and built San Francisco. And then in the early 20th century when there was an earthquake in San Francisco and obviously there was a big fire, the famous San Francisco fire, and the, the saying often was that was New Zealand forests burning. A lot of San Francisco had been built out of New Zealand forests and then it was, it was all just turned to ash. Oh so, um, What's all this going on at the bottom? Like all of these branches and vines and stuff falling off. This is supple jet. Oh, oh, beautiful way eh? up through here. <gasps> Hello. Hello. Hi guys. How are you? Hello. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love a fat kid. They've given me so many frights. They sound like possums when they like when they come out of the tree, but then they're like they look like they can barely get airborne. Yeah. yeah, so we have lots of them down in Makarora oh, wow. we get them going. And often, uh, like, literally, though, you get out of the tree and so you walk up the driveway and this thing kind of you see is trying to get airborne. Just gets above your head. I've had a few oh. occasions it's like, I think I'm going to hit him. My duck and it just gets airborne. Look at this. There's a much bigger one and see how it's out there. Oh, yeah, I yeah, see. Oh, these are all its roots. Yeah, yeah, it's all its roots. Yeah, yeah, so see how far it goes. Oh, so it like sits really close it's to the surface. Close to the surface wow. Yeah. And because, because in, a, in a swampy environment, so you're better just to spread a long way here. Mm-hmm. Even that word swampy, like, oh, it's <laughs> such an English phrase. You know, the word swampy became a way of saying unproductive things. So it's a wetland. Unproductive, like unfarmable. Y- yeah, well, exactly. Or, or if you're going to make it a farm, you have to drain it. For a long time oh that swamp oh okay we'll drain it if you look from the southern alps so if you look at that whole area so you've got braided rivers mm. so the braided rivers are constantly changing yeah and they still do but we have essentially banked them in so they they still got braids but they're within a narrower area whereas yeah. previously over hundreds of thousands of years it might go there but then it'll go yeah flat out there and all of a sudden the whole thing might shift yeah you know, ten kilometres south or something. And then, and then after it's moved, it's left wetland. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is a really interesting thing that forest ecologists are discovering about trees. You know, we tend to think of these trees who all, you know, you just sit there on the plonk on the ground. Mm. But actually, obviously, the reality of what actually is really going on trees, most of it goes on underground. Mm. And what forest ecologists are discovering about the ways in which trees interconnect underground. Mm-hmm and actually share food sources and send signals through their roots and all the rest of it. So we think of forests as a bunch of individual um. trees you know <laughs> that that's like of, us projecting yeah exactly totally yeah, yeah. So it's this whole idea you know, individual that's an individual tree and it's an individual and they all <laughs> yeah. get together and they're a bunch of individuals who live as a forest of course we were increasingly we're discovering no they're interconnected they're individual trees but their roots are interconnected and they uh. send messages to each other and they pass nutrients from ones that are suffering da, 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 so yeah riti tonu ki te ki te kupamari mo forest like uh, Ngahere Ngahere yeah? like yes. heaps of connections Ngahere yeah. Yeah. Ngahere yeah. so is it so Ngahere meaning lots of connections or yeah. lots of interconnections yeah Ngah like more than yeah. more than one Ngahere yeah. 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 yeah, one of. Yeah, yeah. So then, if we take all those ideas and put them together, like, mm. what would it look like to see ourselves as Ngahere mm. connected to everything, yeah. as opposed to an individual stoic tree that's, <laughs> that's like you, tree. Yeah. You're not me. You stay over there. You're a different <laughs> yeah. tree. As long as I'm getting what I need from the ground. Yeah. That would happen both at an underground level in terms of the forest, but then even now, as we're yeah, listening, the, the connections of birds. Mm. Bugs, 
Beatles. So, you know, you have this multiple connections. So if you were a young person mm. and you'd grown up, you know, entirely shaped and formed by social media and hyper-individualism and, yeah. and just all of, those, all of those things, what do you think you could take away from standing still in the bush and paying attention? I mean, your recording is picking up the life here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd probably just say go experience it. Go Same. go put yourself in a nahere. Go put your device down. Mm. Sit still. Listen. I agree. I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know how to explain this. Go and do it. Yeah. And feel it and you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's if you have a sense that you're isolated, disconnected, something's missing yeah. maybe a thing you could try yeah. is going and being a part of something which mm. is none of those things <laughs> and orient yourself to be a part of that like Andrew was saying earlier listen to the praise of all creatures you know? mm. well and even that language that we've just talked about ngahere, mm. one of my big critiques of social media is we talk about being connected <laughs> and how this connects people but actually, it's a very narrow, at times quite a toxic way of connecting. Mm. The connections that you're talking about here, as you listen to, I mean, it's it's life. The connections here are life-giving. They're flourishing. You know, there's stuff going on mm. here. Yeah. Not one for the metaverse, then. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd love to do is just have a karakia. Hi, loving creator God, thank you for Ngahere, thank Mm. you for this place, thank you for those who have walked here before us, who have lived in this place, have cared for this place, have honoured it, have joined with it in giving glory and worship to you. Thanks for this place, thanks for its beauty, thanks that we can experience it. Ite Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. From the mouths of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avengers. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made us a little lower than the Elohim, and crowned us with glory and honour, and made us rulers over the works of your hands. You have put everything under our feet. All the flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim the pathways of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So God, may we live up to the responsibility that you've given us. Amen.
Our time at Dean's Bush is almost done, so we headed back down the path to the big gates. Oh, sorry. Dappled light, is that the term? Yeah, yeah it's very dappled light, isn't it? That's beautiful. It's kind of like when light's breaking through an individual sort of beams and then being filtered through leaves, and so there's light, but you're not fully in it. Yeah, light and shadows. Yeah. Already it feels like we're no longer strangers. I found a cat the other night by talking to a cat. And I didn't explain, because my flatmate lost her cat and I saw a different cat. And I was like, excuse me cat, can you show me where the other cat is? Because my friend's going to be sad. And you know what? I followed it, found another cat. My talking to cats is different. My talking to cat always goes like this. <laughs> I see them and I say, hello. And I say, have you killed a bird recently? And was like, it yeah, native? Yeah, that's right. Big pretty much. And they're like, I'm just lying you know. I've got my eye on you. If I see you with another bird. So you're going to get hate mail. It's like going, who is that crusty old guy who doesn't like social media and isn't on Facebook and hates it? I have a feeling it's going to be a great weekend. And that's us for part one of our journey. After being in the bush, we are going to go and grab some kai and a coffee and get to know each other a bit more. Make sure you listen to part two. We will be heading to the mountains, walking to the hut, and exploring some of the reasons why humans struggle to care for creation. Kia ora tato. Nga Here, Mini Connections, is a project funded by Scripture Union in partnership with Wilberforce, produced by me, James Beck, with creative direction from the Reverend Spanky Moore. Our music was created by the wonderful Chris Weathy. Don't forget to listen to the whole six-part series of Nga Here. And if you'd like, we'd appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts so other people can find us easier. Hey ya kuane. Nga Here.